재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Korea's number one foreign language station 101.3 TBS EFM For previous episodes of The Bookend, please search TBS EFM The Bookend via podcast or go to tbsefm.seoul.kr and search for our program. Some years ago, I started calling myself Ginger, Peter, Sherlock, Rosemary, Emmanuel, the Archbishop of Canterbury. You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady. Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It's time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every Sunday morning, usually from the exposition. Today I'll read from Chon Eun-young's Jeotgarak Yeoja, or Chopstick Woman. Chopstick Woman is in a way a long monologue that relates the history of two women who met in college. One woman slightly younger than the other, the friendship begins as a mentorship and deteriorates through competition and betrayal. At the point when the story begins, the older woman is a successful novelist. The narrator is a housewife and an anonymous but very popular blogger. And guess who she blogs about? I'll be back with the story after she and him singing Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue Just thinking about you Chopstick Woman by Chun Eun-young Yes, it's true. I'm telling you. Why would I tell a lie that you could find out in no time? What would I gain by lying? Well, I don't think she'll flat out refuse. She owes me one. Not money, though. Anyway, there's something like that between us. She may be able to refuse someone else's request, but not mine. We're not proposing any shady deals here. It's just a meeting with her readers. I don't know her schedule, so I can't guarantee it, but I'll at least talk to her about it. Her university years? <laughs> It's hard to give you a summary answer. Well, should I tell you how I met her for the first time? It's a long story, though. Can't we do it after the reading session? Okay, then. I'll tell you now. Oh, it's been ages. Then again, somehow, I still remember those times so clearly. Let me see. It was in a pub in front of the university, a basement pub with bad ventilation, filled with cigarette smoke. It was somebody's birthday party slash new semester general assembly after party. We were singing in turn, some mingling, others still crying in the corners or fighting one another. 
As for me, I wasn't much of a drinker and I wasn't too interested in anything that was going on there. So I just sat at a table sipping my drink, watching everyone around me. One girl the same year as me was complaining about having chosen the wrong field against her true aptitude and prospects, blah, blah, blah. I nodded half-heartedly every now and then, just waiting for a chance to escape the situation. But then, a woman sitting across from me caught my eye. She had long hair covering her bowed face. She dipped the tip of a chopstick in the kimchi juice and suddenly began drawing something on the table in earnest, as if that were a task assigned to her. Then she suddenly flung her head upwards and began to yell, slamming the chopsticks on the table. Raise the flagpole! Run up the flag! Her voice sounded a bit boyish, or like an old singer's rattling in her throat like the voice of someone who'd been chain-smoking for about a hundred years. It was a voice capable of making people unwittingly place themselves at her beck and call. Anyways, with that voice, she commanded someone, anyone, to raise a flag. What flagpole? What flag? I stared at her, trying to get a sense of what she was talking about. And then, this woman, she took one long suck of the tip of the chopstick and plunged it into the crumbling piece of cake on the plate in front of her. Oddly, the chopstick didn't fall and remained upright. There was nothing that could support the chopstick upright in that crumbling cake. While I kept my eye on it to see if the chopstick would collapse or not, this woman ordered once more in that thick voice, Erect the flagpole. Put it where it'll stay ten years from now. So I asked her, What, you mean we have to have a goal? This girl here, her problem is exactly that. She doesn't have a goal, you see. The woman stared up at me. What the heck is this? That's what her eyes said. I felt a little timid at first, but kept staring back at her. The girl sitting beside me was now dozing off, a tuft of her hair dipped in a pot of kimchi stew. Yes, you've guessed it. That woman was none other than Youngun. Uh, I mean, the writer Sojin. I don't know why that name, Sojin, is so unfamiliar to me. That's her real name, Yang Youngun. Why use Youngun then? I like her real name better. It has a friendly ring to it. I've never heard of any name with more yung in it than this one. It had never occurred to me that she would even change her family name. Well, anyway. Youngun was known for her charismatic voice, and her voice wasn't the only thing that drew you to her. Her fine, stately physique, her piercing eyes. She was a bit on the plump side back then. In fact, much more plump than she is now. Anyway, this woman gave me a big smile. Then she leaned in close to me and told me under her breath, as if she were telling me a secret. You don't need a goal. It's a blank flag. There's nothing on it. I mean, it's an agenda-less flag. You've got a 10-year grace period. You don't need to write anything on it during this time. You can enjoy life to your heart's content. You can fail and make new plans and start all over again. Nothing matters since it's a grace period. All you have to do is figure out what you want to do by the end of the decade. Once you've figured it out, you write it on the flag. I want to be a singer, or I want to be a mother, 
or I want to be soju. When she finished talking, she left the table and came back shortly with a bottle cap. Then she hung it on the tip of her chopstick, as if she were tying a flag to a flagpole. She removed the chopstick from the cake carefully, so as not to drop the bottle cap, and then placed it inside an empty soju bottle. Then she opened her mouth again. Now, I've just moved the flag here. Now it's ten years later. Here, you'll have a different kind of reprieve. Now you have to try to achieve your goal. You've enjoyed yourself for a decade. Now it seems fair to go for your goal wholeheartedly, doesn't it? Think about how much fun that'll be. After all, you'll be doing what you really want to do. Singing in earnest, making love in earnest, getting drunk in earnest. Then one day, you'll finally be a singer, or a mother, or... But what if after all that I realize I've made the wrong choice or I fail to achieve my goal? I interrupted her with my question. She gave another quick smile and said, No problem. Then you just bring the flag back to where it used to be and start all over again. And this time, you make sure that you find out what you really, really want to do. Even if things turn out poorly in the end, you'll have no regrets since you at least tried to achieve your heart's desire, right? The flag's here, and now you're standing right here, only this much into the decade of an empty flag. I'm probably around here. You've got a lot longer time to play than me. Good for you. She stared down at the bottle and folded her arms, so I looked down at the bottle silently, too. On the far end of the table was the soju bottle with the chopstick stuck in it. On this end of the table was a green lighter. In between, there was a half-filled glass of soju. The distance between the lighter and the glass was half a span. There was just about the same distance between her and me. I wondered what was written on her bottle cap, so I asked her what was on her flag. She answered she hadn't written anything on it yet. She said this in a slightly sad voice, so I picked up the lighter and put it down beside the glass and said, In that case, I'd like to move my flag to this spot here. I'll only take a six-year grace period, then I can take longer time to realize my dream. Now, I've less time to play than you, haven't I? Good for you. You can play longer than me. By the way, if I get dead drunk, will I really turn into soju? I was 20 then, a freshman. She was 23, an experienced woman warrior facing her graduation. Only a four-year difference between us. 
Now we're practically getting old side by side, so four years is nothing really. But at university, four years was a great deal. It's like the distance between a private and a sergeant in the last year of an army service. She was literally a flag soaring high up in the sky. Then I, who just climbed up to the surface of the earth undaunted, dared to challenge that flag in the sky. I must have been out of my mind, but then she seemed to like me, just the way I was, because she began to take such good care of me. You see, she took me along with her wherever she went. I mean, on that day, we felt like kindred spirits, just like a pro recognizes a pro. She picked me out, and I picked her out. I felt as if an electric current ran between us. You know what I mean? I really felt something like a tingling sensation of electricity speeding through my body. We kept staring at each other for a long while. Yes, at that time, each of us had some kind of profound understanding of the other. Yes, we both felt it. Fox in the snow. Where do you go to find something you could eat? 'Cause the word out on the street is you are starving. Don't let yourself go hungry now. Don't let yourself go cold. Fox in the snow. The songs we played in between were "The Magnetic Fields" with "Everything Is One Big Christmas Tree," followed by Bell and Sebastian's "The Fox in the Snow." Today, I read from Chun Eunyoung's "Tokarak Yoja" or "Chopstick Woman," translated by Chun Biseri. It was published as part of the Asia Publishers' K Fiction Bilingual Editions. Copies are available any place where books are sold. Chun Eunyoung has been writing since her debut in 2000. Chopstick Woman is part of the short story collection "Ommado Ashida Shippi," or "As You Know, Mother," which came out in 2013. In this collection, she breaks the unspoken agreement of absolving all transgressions in mother-daughter relationships with love and pity, and reflects on the vices that are passed on, inherited, and exploited. Later in the story, we find out the blogger has prepared a special event for the writer she's trying to take down. If you want to know what happens next, check out Chun Eunyoung's Chopstick Woman. It is time for my closing quote. Today's quote is from "Your Luck Is About to Change," a poem by Susan Elizabeth Howe. Still, as the old year tips into the new, I insist on the infant hope, gooing and kicking, his legs in the air. I won't give in to the dark, the sub-zero weather, the fog, or even the neighbor's nativity. Their four-year-old has arranged his whole legion of dinosaurs. So they too worship the child, joining the cow and sheep. 
Once again, that was from "Your Luck Is About to Change," a poem by Susan Elizabeth Howe. We have arrived at the end of our show. Please go to our website if you would like to learn more about next week's topic. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week, and tune in again next Sunday at 10 a.m. for another brand new installation of the Bookend. Taking us out is Pentatonix singing "Little Drummer Boy." Thank、you